You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. How are we doing this morning? <clears throat> Isn't it humbling to know that um, we're a good part of what the Lord's doing across the world, but we're a really small part? And just hearing the scripture read in multiple languages like that just reminds me that this morning, all across the planet, in various languages, multiple ethnicities, that the Lord is at work. So encouraging. Well, this is a day we have been waiting for for a good while, isn't it? We get to, uh, to think about what the Lord has been up to. And if you're a guest with us today, I think you have picked a great day to worship with us. Um, and let me just give you the context of what's about to happen today. Several months ago, we began a set of sermons called All In that really is the introduction into a two-year generosity initiative for our church family. And today, we are going to be thinking about, celebrating, reporting on the Lord's good work among us over the last several months. So you're going to get to kind of be a witness to that. Now, uh, let me just preface this um, really service, the whole service. You've probably already got a sense of this already, but, uh, you know, in particular, the rest of it. Is there are some services that just have a way of leaning toward what you might call serious sobriety. That there is like a, there's a leaning. The text would lean toward like a self-reflective, you need to think really hard about who you are and who you're not and consider grace in light of that. So the, there's some services that really lean in that serious sobriety sort of a way. The thing is, though, today is not one of those Sundays. Today does not lean towards serious sobriety for us. It leans towards serious celebration. So I just hope there's that sense of you that like you can do that today. It's okay for us to really celebrate God's good work among this church family today. Okay, so in light of that, I want to just summarize some of what the Lord has been up to in us and, uh, you know, doing kind of among our church family. And let me start by giving what our primary goal was. Like the number one goal in this initiative, what it has been from day one, has been this. Our primary goal is 100% participation. 100% participation. Now, the, the story that you just read really for us sets the, the context for that. It's the story of Peter. And it's this moment where Jesus is interacting with Peter. Now, when you think about Luke chapter 5, we've been down this road. And I'm just going to repeat it one more time. When you think about Luke chapter 5, these first 11 verses, the, the core of the story is not centering on Peter's conversion. That is not primarily what the story is about. I don't think this is Peter's conversion moment. The primary point of the story, the core of the story is about Jesus interacting with Peter in such a way where Peter's faith is cultivated. That, that is what's happening in this text. It's the cultivation of Peter's faith. Jesus is interacting with Peter in such a way where his faith is growing and expanding. I mean, think about how the story goes. Peter is a fisherman. This is what Peter knows. This is all he has known in his life. But yet Jesus comes in this moment and disrupts all of what Peter has known and begins to walk him into the unknown. Jesus comes to him and offers him a call that's not a stay at your home sort of a call. Not a stay in what you know sort of a call. It is a leave everything you know sort of a call and come and follow me into the deep waters of faith. That's the scenario that Jesus creates for Peter. And I love what you see in verse 11. It's this all or nothing scenario. This moment where Jesus has come and he has created this black and white moment. Either you're going to stay in what you know or you're going to walk in faith. What are you going to do, Peter? And I love Peter's response. All or nothing scenario. Peter, you're either going to continue living by what you can see or you're going to abandon what you can see and push your life into what I can see. And I love his response. Verse 11, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. 
That is a moment, a defining moment in Peter's life where he learns what it means to walk by faith. Now, that text has been home for us. This text is where this entire, like our primary goal has been rooted. We are praying for 100% of our people to learn what it means. Just like Peter, defining moment of faith where we learn what does it mean to push our lives in with Jesus, all in with Jesus. What does it mean and look like and smell like to walk by faith? That's been the primary emphasis, the primary goal. If there is one thing we have asked the Lord to do for this church family, for me, for you, for us collectively, it has been to teach us what does it mean to walk by faith. Now, here's the reason why that's so important. Here's the reason why this is our number one goal, 100% participation. 100% of our people having this defining moment of faith where Jesus shows us these things. This is the reason that is so important. It's because the first business of our lives is to learn what it means to walk by faith. It is the first business, the main business, the most important business of your life and of my life is to learn what it means to venture all on God. That's the primary thing that we have to do as a Christian and as a follower of Jesus. Now, if that is our number one business, walking by faith, it's important that we know what faith is. We've said this multiple times kind of throughout this set of sermons. Here's how Martin Luther, the, the reformer, how he defined faith. It'll be on the screen for you. Faith is a living, daring confidence in God and his promises. Faith is a living, daring confidence in God and his promises. When you cut faith to the core, living by faith is refusing to live by what we can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear. And rather throwing our lives into what Jesus can see, what Jesus has promised. I love how Charles Spurgeon says it. He says, the essence of faith is casting oneself on the promises of God. Casting oneself on the promises of God. Faith is trusting in what God says over what we can see. That's faith. And we have been praying for a defining moment of faith in every single part of our church family. Every single person that makes up our church family. And the reason when you think about like this venturing all on God and learning, what does it mean to walk by faith? Why that's so important? It's because faith is connected to every area of our life. Every area of our life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you know, this is not the paradigm for, for a follower of Jesus. That we have this moment where we start by faith in Jesus, then our life disconnects from faith, and we just kind of live our life in what we can muster and kind of what we can see and taste and touch and smell and see. That that's not the paradigm for what it means to, to live as a Christian. The paradigm goes like this. We start, the, the, the first moment of our life with God starts by faith. We throw ourselves on the promises of God. And then every moment following that initial moment is lived by faith. Where every day when we wake up, every moment that we live, we are re-throwing our life on the promises of God. That is what it means to be a Christian. Every part of our life is meant to be lived by faith. Or we could say it this way. Faith is not just the key to your going to heaven one day. Faith is also the key in your growing as a follower of Jesus. This is why this is the number one goal of this set of sermons, this generosity initiative, is 100% of us would learn what it means to walk by faith because it is the key to our life with God. It is what opens up our life with God. Now, and we've talked about this multiple times. The problem we all have is that old flesh is still in us, isn't it? We all know that voice of the flesh really well. The flesh is that old sinful part of us that even still exists, even after we become a Christian. It's that old part of us that's at war with God. That, that mistrust God, 
We all have that part of us that's still in us. It's all alive and well in us. And, and that old flesh that's still in us that mistrusts God and, and distrusts God, that, that same flesh is at war with the life of faith in us. Just like it's at war with God, it is at war with the life of faith. It doesn't want us to walk by faith. It's going to sabotage every moment where we can walk by faith. And that flesh has a voice. It's that play it safe voice that we all have. That, that voice that says, it's okay to like God, just don't get too crazy with him. It's okay to like Jesus, just don't put your life into a position where if Jesus doesn't come through, you're doomed. Whatever you do, don't do that. That's the voice of the flesh. It's that play it safe voice. The voice of the flesh, here's what it does for all of us. It encourages us all to diversify our portfolios, our hope portfolios. So we take a little bit of our hope and we put a little bit of our hope in our house, a little bit of our hope in our career, a little bit of our hope in our marriage, a little bit of our hope in our kids, a little bit of our hope in our friendships, a little bit of hope in our money and possessions and houses and cars. And then we put a little bit of our hope in Jesus so that if Jesus doesn't come through, we're still okay. And the primary point of this set of sermons and this two-year generosity initiative is to help us do war with that voice of the flesh. And it is meant that the primary goal is, is intended to help us all learn what it means to fight against the flesh and to throw our lives in faith into the promises of God. That is the primary goal of this initiative. Now, as one of your pastors, I, I just want to tell you that when I think about the last several months, I have personally been so encouraged as I have watched faith work. As I've just seen the Lord answer this prayer for our people to learn what it means to walk by faith. It's been one of the most encouraging, it's been one of the most encouraging three months that I've ever had as a pastor watching that go down. Um, just this week, I got this story from one of our college students. It says this. In March, I started giving bi-monthly toward my two-year all-in commitment. As a college student that personally pays for all of my schooling, this was a very scary thing for me to do. It was a huge leap of faith. I attend a nearby university, and my last large payment for the semester was due April the 1st. Even before I began giving to Stonegate, I was worried I wouldn't have enough to cover the cost of school and personal expenses. But in March, I felt like God was telling me to stop depending on myself and my savings account and instead depend on him. As April 1st approached, my bank account was about $500 short of my upcoming school payment. I was worried I wouldn't even have enough money for food and gas. Then things began to happen. A friend sent me a care package full of food. Just a few days after that, a friend carpooling with me to church offered to pay for my gas. Then April 1st arrived. I had been expecting my paycheck, so I checked my bank account. And not only did I have enough for my school payment, but I also had enough to give the amount that I had determined beforehand for all in. And there's more. I was so incredibly excited how God used other people to bless me and use this situation to teach me to trust him more. I mean, there couldn't be like more of a bullseye on the goal of what all in is for. Then she goes on. Then that very afternoon, I was in my dorm room. I had just finished journaling about God's faithfulness. And when I got a, when I got a text from my mom, she had just received a letter in the mail saying I had won a scholarship for the upcoming school year. I thank God in tears of joy for revealing to me just how faithful he is for confirming to me that he will provide. Yeah. 
Now, that is just like one of the literally hundreds of stories that God has been at work in our church family cultivating faith in us. It's been so incredible to watch that. Now, before we move on, I just want to take a moment to apply that. It would be a tragedy for you to have witnessed this, this season of our church's life, for you have gone through the season of our church's life, and not be putting yourself in a position of walking by faith. For all of us, that's going to be a generosity issue because that's kind of one of the themes of the next two years for us as we consider all in. So generosity is one of those areas where we're asking the Lord to create a defining moment for everyone in our church to teach us through generosity of what it means to walk by faith. I'm just going to ask you, have you let the Lord take you there? If not, it would be a tragedy for you to walk through this season without letting the Lord do that. But it's not just in that area. It's in all of our life. All of our life. So, so for some of us, that's going to be in terms of mission and, and personal evangelism. Like us actually looking at our neighborhood through a lens of, the Lord has put me sovereignly in this neighborhood so I could be a good missionary here. Well, what's it going to look like for me to begin engaging my neighbors? For some, that's going to be in community and actually being known by a group of people. Rather than stiff-arming people and keeping people at arm's length, you're going to actually have to let people through to you so that you can actually be known in your life. The point is that the Lord is looking at all of us in this church family and saying, I'm going to be calling for steps of obedience, for faith and obedience, regardless of what those areas are. And some of us, I mean, the Lord has us right on the brink of hard obedience. Like we're looking at it, we're thinking, I see no way I'll survive if I obey you in that area, God. And God is saying, Welcome to what this moment is for. I, I want to show you that you're going to survive. I'm going to actually meet you in that moment of obedience. It would be a tragedy for you to walk through this and yet be stiff-arming God all the while in this. So to celebrate just some of the stories and just kind of recap some of what's happened, I want you to take a look at the screen. There's going to be a video for you that just kind of summarizes and, and celebrates some of what the Lord has been up to. It has definitely been a wild season. A wild season. So there are a few things that I'm going to celebrate with you this morning. And can we have just a, a few lights up just for a moment? Just, there we go. That'd be perfect. So there are four things I want to celebrate with you. You ready for that? Four things that, that we're going to celebrate. And just thinking about how has this whole generosity initiative all in over the last several months um, kind of panned out and worked out. Four things I want to celebrate. Now before we even celebrate anything, I want to introduce that by just you thinking about Numbers are not the primary issue. They are a issue that we should celebrate. But behind every number is a name, and behind every name is a story. And the reason we're celebrating numbers is because there's names and stories attached to those numbers, right? So that should be worth all of us celebrating when we think about numbers, you know, attached to names, attached to stories of the Lord's work in our church family. So four things I want to celebrate. Here is the first thing I want to celebrate with you. The total number of commitment cards. So a commitment card would be like representative of a family in our church, you know, our church, um, a family turning in a card that would represent generosity for their family over the next two years. It would also could represent some of our singles or, or students in our church family that would be kind of one commitment card to one or one commitment card to a whole family. So the total number of commitment cards turned in to all in over the last month has been 331 commitment cards. <clears throat> 331 cards. That represents 331 families and or people that are going to be changed by their generosity over the next two years. 331. And just as an aside, over 50 of those were from our student ministry. Isn't that encouraging? Over 50. <clears throat> 
Our student ministry committed over $30,000 over the next two years. Here's the second thing I want to celebrate with you, the second number, is the percent of participation. We have said from day one, our primary goal is 100% participation, 100% of our church family learning what it means to walk by faith. We want 100% of our people in on that. So now when you're thinking about um, percent participation, it's impossible to measure that by like our just attendance on Sunday morning. So we're measuring that based on our covenant membership. So percentage of those that are covenant members who have participated. And, uh, and just to give you context for what participation would normally be in a church, in most churches, somewhere between 30 and maybe 40% of their people are actually active in giving. Like they have a consistent pattern in their life of, of giving, sacrificially and, and cheerfully. Um, in a, in a, you know, a season like this, that might go up to maybe 50%, in some cases, maybe 60% that would begin to kind of get into that game of giving and, and learning what obedience looks like in that area of, of their life. So when we laid our commitment cards next to our covenant membership, here's what we found represented in these commitment cards, that 81% of our people have participated in All In. 81%. Which is such a great number. That's evidence of the Lord's work across a wide swath of our church family. Four out of five families or people have stepped into All In in ways that are going to change them. Now, Part of what that means is that roughly one out of four in our church family, have, or one out of five, has not stepped into that yet. And I just want to encourage you, if you have not jumped into that, that's the reason that we put commitment cards down this morning, is because we don't want you to miss out on that. Not because we're like after something from you, but because we want the Lord to do his thing, whatever that is in your life over the next two years. So we want to encourage you, if you've not stepped into that yet, man, this could still be your morning. You can fill out that commitment card. When we take our offering in a moment, you can drop that card in the basket, and we'll get all of that ready to go for you. So 81% is the second number we're celebrating. Here is the third number we're celebrating. It's the number of first-time givers. These are the men and women who for the first time are stepping into obedience in the area of giving in their life. The first time they're walking into either the first time ever or the first time to Stonegate, they're walking into generosity at Stonegate Church. The total number of first-time givers represented in the 331 commitment cards are 71. Now, before we just move past that, just think about that. 71 people are about to enter into being changed by the way they begin to give. 71 families represented. Is that not unbelievable to think about? 71 first-time givers represented in the 331 cards. And now we are to the fourth thing I want to celebrate, and that is the total number of our collective commitments. The total number of our collective commitments. Are you ready for that? The total number of our collective commitments is going to come here in just a few minutes. I need to say two things about that first. Here's the first thing I need to say about it. When you think about $6 million, this was our secondary goal, it was $6 million. It was going to cultivate ministry, to plant the gospel, and to put down roots. When you think about that $6 million, you know, secondary goal, that is a very aggressive goal for a church our size. Let me just give some of the context for that, why I would say that. 
Um, right now at Stonegate, we have an operating budget of roughly $1.1 million. So that means that over a two-year period, if by God's grace things stay on the same tracks they have been on, we would be responsible to steward roughly $2.2 million over the next two-year period. Now, in saying that we have a goal of $6 million, we have a one-fund approach, a single-fund approach. So that means that our budgeted number, kind of that 2.2, that is embedded into that $6 million. And over the next two years, we are asking the Lord for an additional $3.8 million over the next two years. That is a very, very, very aggressive, like, God, you're going to have to show up or we are doomed. It's that sort of a goal. All right, it's, it's that. I, I talked to a consultant about this recently, and she told me that I, and she's seen hundreds of churches do financial campaigns, you know, similar to All In. And she has only seen two churches of our size ever reach a $6 million goal. So I just want to give you the context for that is a very, very aggressive goal. And secondly, our primary goal, just to say this again, has been 100% participation. It's been the stories behind the numbers. The, the $6 million has never been our primary issue. It's always been that number represents names, represents stories, and that's the issue. So to reveal our collective commitment number, what we are going to do this morning is we're going to have people come and share just a brief kind of sense of their story and what the Lord has been up to with them, either in, all in, or how God has just used Stonegate in their life, e either one of those two things. We're going to have them share just a brief snippet of their story, and then they are going to begin to turn over the numbers that are going to represent our collective commitments. Fair enough? All right. You know, as we, uh, as we started all in, we uh, just made the commitment that we are going to pray um, that the Lord would visit our church with grace. And we are going to preach to that end, labor to that end, talk to that end, encourage to that end. And whatever the Lord gives us, we're going to celebrate and we're going to be satisfied with. And so Stonegate Church, I am proud to announce to you that um, our number is $1,138,000 or $38,016 dollars. If one digit were missing. But if one digit weren't missing, the number would be this. Now, I want you to think about what that number represents. The reason this number is so incredible is not just because it's a big number, because that number represents names and stories, stories that God is going to use to change and to mold and to shape people into faith-filled people. That's why it's so stinking incredible. <clears throat> now, I want to finish thinking about this number, and I want you just to ponder with me what that last digit means. You know, when you think about what we're about as a church, we are about making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That's what we want to do. That's what we're giving our life to. We want to be a church who um, sees men grow up into godly husbands. 
We want to press men to be Jesus-like shepherds in the context of their families. We want to press ladies to be that picture of the church responding to the initiating love of Jesus in the way that they would respond to their husbands. We want to serve our singles. We want to equip people to be good missionaries in their neighborhoods. We want to saturate this city with the good news of Jesus. We want the good news of Jesus to, to inspire all in this church family. We want to see those sort of things happen. We want to plant churches. We're praying that over the next 10 years, the Lord would give us another 50 churches we could be involved with planting. And we're praying that the Lord would give us um, 100 adoptions, uh, foster care, 100 families engaged in that over the next five years. I mean, we're praying for all of those. We're praying that the Lord would grant our request, that he would see fit to bless us with a church that would be racially diverse and can, can minister to the entirety of our neighborhood. And we're praying for all of those things to happen in this church family. Now, I want you to think about what that number represents in light of those hopes and dreams. That what we all should feel on a morning like this, that digit should, should help us all sense deep down in our bones the affirmation of God saying yes to those things. Yes to those things. Yes, I love that. Those things are reflective of my heart. When you talk about racial diversity, that's reflective of my heart. When you talk about church planting, you talk about disciple making, you talk about orphan care, you talk about equipping men and women to be godly men and women, missionaries. When you talk about equipping our kiddos to be future pastors and church planters and missionaries and godly men and women, those things are God saying yes to that. I want you to feel affirmed in that. That digit is God saying yes. And the second thing I think that digit is the Lord saying this morning to us is, now get about the work of doing that. Y yes to it. Now let's be a church that goes and gets it. Let's, see a, let's be a church that by God's grace sees these things come to fruition. L let's be a church who now takes the vapor of our life and begins to leverage that for the things that are going to matter in a thousand years from now. Let's get out of just the here and now and think down the road. Let's, let's take our short little lives and make them count. I mean, th this digit is the Lord saying, yes to your hopes and dreams. Now spend your life doing them. I'm blessing you with this number and now get about there and, and, and go do it in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your family. Get about doing the things that you say are so important and that would be right next to my heart. So I, I just, I think the way that we should end this moment is with both a celebratory, I can't believe the Lord's done this. And at the same time for us to feel a sense of affirmation from God and a sense of now, Stonegate Church, let's go get it. Let, let's go do what it is that we've said we're gonna do. Let's, let's get about the hard work and labor of disciple making, of equipping. Let's go get those things. You know, I think when you just sum all of all in up, I think it's the Lord saying, are you ready to walk by faith? Are you ready, regardless of how hard obedience is gonna be, are you ready to trust me? Are you ready in whatever the step of obedience is the Lord has in front of you, are you ready to take the plunge and dive in with me? And I am praying that everyone in our church family, this could just be one of those moments for you, for you to see that when a church does that, the Lord has a way of catching us over and over and over again, and he's gonna do that for you. So whatever that step of obedience is, I think the way that we end today is saying yes to God. As God has said yes to us, that we now say yes to him in response. So how, how we're gonna, you know, kind of where we're gonna go next is we're gonna take our offering up this morning. And before we do that, so men, you can go ahead and come down. 
And as we do that, here's the two things that we're going to do as I pray for us um, this morning. We're going to pray and dedicate this number to the Lord. 11138016 dollars. We're going to pray and dedicate that to the Lord. And then you have an offering all envelope all in underneath um, your seat. And we're praying that this is, would be the single largest offering we've ever had as a church family. And so we're praying that, that, you know, if you've got stored resources, if you're giving in that sort of a way, this would be a day where we kickstart our all-in commitments. So we're praying that the Lord would talk to you about what it would look like for you to give today. And lastly, if you haven't jumped in on this yet, don't miss being a part of this moment for our church. You've got a commitment card under your seat. You can put that in the offering basket when they come around. And, uh, and you, can, you can play your part today. So, Father, we are humbled Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful for the way that you have come into this church family and flexed. How you have come into this church family and shown your power, your goodness, your faithfulness. 11138016 dollars is you this morning affirming hopes and dreams that we have as a church and calling us and urging us and pushing us toward, now let's labor for it. Let's, let's work with God for these things. So God, will you help us be faithful with this? And Father, I pray that today as we begin to give toward all in, that you would speak to us and you would minister to us. And Father, you would call out of us, just like you did for Peter, you would call out of us faith. And Father, as we take the plunge and as we jump towards you, trusting in your promises, Lord, I pray that we would have story after story after story after story after story after story after story of watching you catch us, of watching you prove your faithfulness to us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So here is how we're going to finish our service. These guys are going to pass around offering baskets this morning, and we're going to finish by singing several songs together. And really what this moment is, is it's us responding to God. It's us celebrating with God, thanking God for his good work in this church family. So why don't you join us, stand up where you are, and let's sing to Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.